Welcome to People Don't Think. Let's start today. A podcast hosted by Norb Savanasini, the founder of AmericanEagle.com, and Al Edwards. Norb, it's great to be here today with the podcast again. Yeah, it's a great day. Obviously, it's a little cloudy today here in Chicago, but, you know, it's a little warm, which is nice. And one week has gone from February, so. Exactly. Spring will be here before we know it. Think positively. That's the way to think. That's right. And as a matter of fact, speaking of that, our last podcast, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, we were talking about setting your mind up for the day, about starting your day with positive thoughts and things of that nature. And Norb, one of the things you talk about all the time is songs, starting your day with happy songs. And why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I've, because of my age, I've lived in the 50s and 60s, and all the songs were very positive. They were all singing the rain and and things about love and, and things about, you know, just being happy. And one of the things that I've noticed today is that they're not positive, they're negative. And one of the things that is kind of interesting is that this is one way to program your brain. I mean, today there's a lot of very, very, even free type of software that you can listen to and you can program what you wanna hear. And if you wanna hear things that are positive, you can actually program that. And I have a lot of grandchildren and amazingly enough, they love to listen to those old songs. They listen to Presley and Roy Orbison and Perry Como, and if you haven't heard some of those songs, you should listen to them. Doris Day, all these people sang happy songs, so you started out the day with a positive mindset. Absolutely. It really changes like the chemistry in your brain. It really does. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is great. Well, speaking, if you haven't heard our last podcast, we encourage you to certainly please do that because we were talking about some related stuff. A lot of people said they enjoyed it a great deal. Speaking of positive people, this episode, we want to talk about a guy that some of you may have heard of, and I'm joking when I say that, and that was Henry Ford. I want to talk about some timeless principles of achievement and success as we look at the life of Henry Ford. And again, we always stress in our podcast that achievement and success doesn't always mean business and money. It could be anything you want to achieve in life. I think these principles are very applicable. Henry Ford, Norb, you and I have talked about this many times. You believe, as I do, Henry Ford was probably maybe the most influential person of the 20th century. I'm kind of a guy that believes that Henry Ford was probably, the, if not the greatest guy that ever lived, definitely one of the greatest guys. Because most people don't realize this, but before Henry Ford, there was no middle class. People had kings and royalty and with the churches, you had the hierarchy of the church, and these were the people that really owned just about all of the property. Then you had the poor, and uh, there was really no middle class, and Henry Ford did something that I consider revolutionary, and revolutionary thinking positively about Henry Ford. As you mentioned before, he failed a couple of times before he made it, but when the average pay was about $3 a day, Henry Ford up to pay without, at this time there were no unions, nothing organized. He raised it to $5 a day. And he also created the 40-hour week, which up to that time people used to work at least six days a week to earn the $3. He made a 40-hour week, $5. And when they asked him, why did you do this, Mr. Ford? He said, because I want the people who build the car to be able to buy the car which is revolutionary when you think about it. 
And the guy was just a phenomenal guy. His best friend was Thomas Edison. And when I say that, Henry Ford was probably the greatest guy as far as changing humanity. Obviously, Thomas Edison is right in there because just think today, you look at a light bulb and you take it for granted. But before, people had candles and you had to move the candles around. And the biggest business in the United States, when the electric bulb was formed, or invented was a candle making company. In fact, the candle makers of America actually went to Congress wanting to outlaw the electric bulb because it would destroy their business. So hopefully both Ford and Edison were very positive people and they did change the world between them. Absolutely. And just think, if it wasn't for Thomas Edison, we'd be sitting in the dark right now in this podcast studio. Uh, We wouldn't have a microphone probably. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) No, that is fantastic. And that kind of ties exactly in with what we want to talk about. And as I said, we wanted to focus today on some timeless principles of achievement and success, whatever that means to you, by looking at the life of Henry Ford. And the first principle is focus. One of the interesting things about Henry Ford, when he was a young man, he actually didn't know for quite a while what he even wanted to do. He was born on a farm. He would go into Detroit and get a job for a while. He was dissatisfied with that, come back to the farm, knew he didn't want to do that. But he was back and forth and didn't really have a lot of focus in his life. And once he decided that he went to work for Thomas Edison, as you know, and once he got the bug about machinery and engines and things of that nature, he really started to focus in. So I think the first principle is getting focus on what you want to do. Absolutely. Another interesting fact about Henry Ford is that he wasn't schooled in a regular school. His mother was basically his teacher, but his mother was always very, very positive and told him that, you know, you never quit. You just keep at it. You keep at it. And one of his famous quotes, of course, later on was, men never fail. They just stop trying. And if you think about that, that's really powerful. Very powerful. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So once he got focused in his life is when things really started happening for him. The next principle is starting small. I was listening to Zig Ziglar the other day, another great motivational speaker, and he was saying that you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And when you look at how Henry Ford got started in the automobile business, a lot of people think that Henry Ford just walked out into a field one day and started the Ford Motor Company, and it was a great success. And that's actually not true. Henry Ford failed twice before the Ford Motor Company was founded in two other automobile companies that he was involved with. And he started very small by building a very small engine that he actually built at his home. And the story is that one day at Thanksgiving or Christmas, he actually brought his engine into his house while his wife was cooking the holiday dinner and plugged the electricity into the house so it could have spark on one of his early engines. But Norb, you've seen his very first car called the Quadricycle. And basically the story on that is that uh, it was a little car with bicycle tires. He built it in his garage. He couldn't get it out of the door once he built it. He had to knock the brick wall down to get it out. On June 4th, 1896, he took it for a ride and it literally changed the world. It had no brakes. It wouldn't go in reverse and it actually broke down on the way home around the block. And that's how Henry Ford started. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things about that I admire about most great people is that they had a wife that actually was kind of like a partner. And obviously, you know, I had a wife that I don't know if she would have been very happy if I had to tear down a wall to remove from the home something that I had built. So it's kind of interesting that most of these people that have a positive attitude 
have a personality that attracts other people, and obviously their mate. All of these guys actually had long marriages and, and happy marriages. Yeah, really. absolutely, absolutely. Particularly if you think back on it, what is this contraption that Henry Ford made? You know, it's not like cars were around everywhere. So if you ever have a chance to go to Dearborn, Michigan, and the Henry Ford Museum in Greenfield Village, Henry Ford's very first car, the quadricycle, is there. And it's amazing to see it. It's a very, very primitive, rudimentary thing. But that's the concept of starting small. You can't start big. Usually anything that goes anywhere starts very small and very modestly. Absolutely. And, you know, I might interject right now that the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn is a museum that you really should go to. There's actually two parts of the museum. One of them is called Greenfield Village. And Henry Ford just dismantled the Thomas Edison lab and the Wright Brothers operation. And it's a very, very interesting museum, just about everything technical and very, very much of Americana and, and what this country you know, has brought to the world. The Smithsonian has nothing on the Henry Ford. I mean, I think it is a world-class museum. Oh, absolutely. It's All totally stuff. different to it. It gives you a different outlook on what's really important. That's wonderful. Yeah. So an incredible place. So after you start a project, whatever that might be, and you start small, the next thing I think of a principle that works really well for this kind of life that you want to lead is patience. The Ford Motor Company started in 1903. And for the first five years of the Ford Motor Company, they had some success. They built cars, some other truck chassis and things, but they never had great success like they eventually did. It was kind of moderate, and you would think after five years they would get something going or he would have given up. But the lesson there, I think, is that he didn't give up. He kept trying to figure out what kind of a car at that time or what kind of a vehicle was really going to you know, take off and be a big hit. And, of course, I'm leading up to one of our favorite topics, and then, of course, that is the Model T Ford. And the Model T Ford was a car that came out in 1908. It was a 1909 model. And they wound up making 15 million Model Ts. If you can even get your mind around that, I can't. So let's talk about the Model T. And literally, you talked about the $5 a day and how he built the middle class. One of the interesting parts about Henry Ford, before we get into how he became successful with the Model T, is there were a lot of car companies. In fact, I think that there were over 2,000 or, or even 3,000 nameplates in this country and, of course, there's very few left compared to that, but a lot of people built cars. But people love racing cars, and everybody was racing cars. See who had the fastest car, fastest car. And one of the things that actually catapulted Ford into being famous was that he built this car, which obviously back then they were very rudimentary, and he won a race against some very popular and much more powerful automobiles, but Henry Ford won that race. And his name then became very popular with the people, and then he introduced the Model T Ford. The interesting thing about the Model T Ford is that Ford was very stubborn about changing anything on that car for the 15 years that he produced that car, and he produced it in multiple ways. A truck, the same frame, same motor, but adapted to two, many, many other areas of industry. One of the interesting parts about the Model T is that because they didn't have any improved roads at that time, for every mile that the Model T traveled on a smooth road, it traveled five miles 
in ruts and holes and every imaginable hardship you can imagine. So it was a very, very tough and durable car, and it was easy to repair. So everybody felt comfortable taking care of their car. In a way, the Model T encompassed kind of the principles of America. You know, simple, smart, easy, tough. You know, it was kind of the quintessential American car. If anyone's ever had a chance to see a Model T or picture, like you said, the height of the Model T, the the wheel space in between the fenders and the wheel is quite high because the car had a slosh and mud and everything. And (laughs) if you think about it, it was like the first SUV, you know, the first off-road vehicle. Back then, you didn't have to go off-road. You could just take a ride right down the street. It would be off-road because they didn't have paved roads like you talk about. By the way, Al has a Model T, so when he talks about it, he's very familiar with the car. and He does a lot of repairing himself, too. So. Yeah, my Model T is, uh, <laughs> has not been so simple all of a sudden. I'm not sure why that is, but maybe because it's 96 years old. But One of the other things that Henry Ford did, which is just as probably important, if not more so, than building the car, is that he actually was very instrumental in developing the highway system in the United States paved roads. They were very important because it made the cars last longer and more people bought cars, which was good for business, and they would last longer. And uh, the other thing, as soon as you build these roads, obviously, the cars break down farther away from where you build them. So he actually developed service centers and he trained people all over the world on how to fix the Model T. So not only was he instrumental in building a car and the highway system, he was very instrumental in actually creating a lot of jobs with people that knew how to repair these cars. Yeah, I think because of the Model T, the entire infrastructure of the country related to the automobile was really developed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In the 1920s, 50% of the cars on the road were Model Ts. And I don't know of one business who would not want that level of market share. Uh, 50% of the market share is in your company. I think that was absolutely extraordinary. I think it's mind-blowing to me when you think about that this man started with a little bicycle-wheeled little car he built in his garage that he couldn't get out, and it didn't have brakes, and it broke down. And he went on to build 15 million cars that went all over the world. It really is an extraordinary thing when it comes to starting small, thinking big, and taking things one step at a time. And he didn't become successful till he was in his 40s. That's exactly right. Right. You know, it just shows that even if you start early and you have failure in life, I mean, that's part of, of gaining knowledge. And hopefully you don't do the things that were wrong to begin with. And he was a very young industry, but he kept going, kept going. And obviously still today, 100 years later, The Ford name is recognized all over the world as a product that is a good product. I think about that when I see cars going down the street or down the highway, whatever it happens to be. Every one of those cars is there because of the Model T Ford. It really is. It really is connected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I, I think for the common man, there were always very expensive cars that only the very rich could afford. Toys of the rich, they used but to say. Ford had the idea to produce a car for the masses that'd be cheap, easy to operate. I don't know whether he had this in mind when he did it, but he did create the middle class in the whole world, not only in the United States, but in the whole world. 
because that is for sure. he was the first one who introduced the production line where production lines used to every car was made in one spot and he created the production line where the line moved so the man who put the part into the car was in one spot the car moved down the line and at the end of the line the car was completed and it wasn't just revolutionary in making cars henry ford's idea of production became the norm to produce just about anything so if you study you know industry today nobody would ever think of doing it any other way and this is why the average person goes to a supermarket and he's got the choice of hundreds if not thousands of different products in the areas that they're interested in the same production techniques take place there that was really started by Henry Ford. So it's not only a positive way of helping the middle class, but it's also a positive way to have people hired and, you know, good paying jobs. Creates jobs and industry has exploded in the last hundred years as a result of that. Absolutely. I remember reading a statistic that when he first started with the Model T, it took 12 hours to make one car. And by the end, they were turning out a car every 93 minutes a car would roll off the assembly line, which is unbelievable when you think about it. Well, yeah, it is unbelievable. And then you hate to bring up anything war-related, but when he started building airplanes for the Air Force during World War II, he built a plane an hour. Right. So, <laughs> and it was a B-24, which at that time was a pretty big plane. Very complicated, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, he really was a very, very influential man that helped mankind in a positive way. Sure. Well, let's talk about something that I think is very, very important when you talk about achievement or success, and that is recognizing when you need to change. When you've been going in a direction and then you realize, or maybe more importantly, you don't realize that you have to change. And I want to talk about this with Henry Ford. So 15 million Model Ts were produced the car was the most popular car in the world. 50% of the cars on the road were Model Ts. And then by the late 20s, other car manufacturers like Chevrolet, Plymouth, Chrysler were starting to come out with cars that were gaining in popularity. They had different colors. They were easier to drive. They appealed more to women drivers. And all of a sudden, Henry had a son named Etzel Ford, who was influential in the company. And he went to his father one day and said, Dad, the Model T is ending its life now. All these other car companies are beginning to eat our lunch. We need to come up with a new car. And Henry Ford was so stuck in the way he used to think that was unbelievably successful, he could not get his mind around the fact that the Model T had run its course. And it was because of Edsel Ford that the next new Ford came out, which was called the Model A. And that essentially was a much more modern car, and it saved the Ford Motor Company. Yeah, and it's a good lesson to learn because, you know, one of the things that psychologically is proven that one of the hardest things to do for any human being, I don't care who you are, if you're human, this is actually something that has been scientifically proven. Once we attach ourselves to an idea, it's very, very hard to abandon that idea. And it does cause harm because obviously there's a lot of times in life where it's a lot better if you just accept the fact that you should change maybe your method of thinking because 
you know, you're not being positive and adapting yourself to what reality is. How the world has changed and, around yeah, you. That, yeah. It's just a natural thing that humans have. Yeah, and sometimes if you don't overcome that, it's the end of you or the a end of your absolutely, business. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's going back to the strangest secret, which we'll refer to always in this podcast. The mind is like soil, and if you keep planting the same seed and it's giving you the same type of result, Sometimes it's better to plant another seed and get better results. And farmers actually do that, don't they? They plant Rotate corn. Yeah. yeah. One year they do corn and then beans to keep the soil fresh. A absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. So after the Model A, the concept of it can be done is another great example in Henry Ford's life. And this is something that Norb and I have talked about a lot. The V8 engine. Previously to Henry Ford's involvement in that, the V8 engine was cast in several pieces. The block itself was cast in several pieces, which was a kind of a manufacturing nightmare or problematic. And Henry Ford said, we are going to build a V8 in one casting, one block. And tell that story, Norm. I know you love it about what his engineers said to him. When the V8 was made in different pieces, it weighed a tremendous amount. And obviously, you had to have a bigger chassis, better springs. You couldn't make a V8 and put it in a low-cost automobile, which is what Henry Ford always wanted to have, a car for the masses. So he called a bunch of engineers, I don't know how many, and he just made them stay and develop the one-piece cast V8 block. Interestingly enough, they came to him and they said, Mr. Ford, this cannot be done. So he said, look, here's your choice. You can either stay and try to keep developing this or you guys don't have a job. <laughs> Just so leave. obviously he was successful. And the interesting part about it is that he developed an engine that was much, much more powerful than the four cylinders and the six cylinders they had at that time by being able to develop the single block V8, which the engine actually was put in the car in 1932, and it actually lasted 21 years till 1953, the same V8 flathead for flathead, people yeah. that are in the cars. Yeah. It was a great engine. By the way, it's still used today in, in dragsters and for a lot of cars. It's a, a very, very good engine. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you always love to tell that story. He said... I will not accept that it cannot be done. It can be done. So go do it or I'll just find someone who can do it. And they, they did it. And, you know, this relates back to Thomas Edison. I always keep bringing them because I always think of those two guys as a team. When Thomas Edison finally got the light bulb working, the newspaper men asked him, what did you learn? And he said, I learned 3,000 ways on how not to make a light right, bulb. Right, right. <laughs> 3,000 ways how it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's great. One of the things that people sometimes think that if you've been successful in whatever you're trying to do, that you'll continue to be successful. And that's not always true because even the most successful people or successful companies run into adversity even after they've been successful. And I'm leading up to a Ford car that is now infamous. And I think they're the coolest cars in the world. And Norb, you know, remembers cars from that era. And I'm talking about the Ford Edsel. The Edsel was named after Henry Ford's son, Edsel Ford. And now it was the 
Ford Etzel instead of the man Etzel Ford, which was kind of interesting. But the Etzel was marketed as like the kind of new car of the 50s, the latest thing. It was supposed to be a great, fantastic thing. And it turned out to be the biggest flop that the Ford Motor Company had ever had. And for years, if you wanted to say something was a failure, regardless of what it was, you would say it was an Etzel, kind of like you were saying it's a lemon. The Edsel is kind of interesting. If you read a story about the Edsel, the things that happened with that car was just a combination of like 90 Murphy's Laws put together. Everything was wrong in that car. It wasn't meant to be that way, but it just worked out that way. Even to the point when they introduced the car, they hired a band that I don't remember what the band's name was, but it was GM. And... and <laughs> They had the GM logo where the band is, you know. So it was really, everything went wrong with that car. Yeah. And the original design in 1958 had a very new design for the grill that no other car at the time had. And it wound up being called the toilet seat grill. It was kind of like an oval-shaped <laughs> yeah, grill right. that reminded somebody of a bathroom. And it was a laughing stock. Today, the Etzel is iconic, which is another lesson. You hang in there long enough and you become a classic. I would love to own an Etzel <laughs> today, but uh, at the time, it was a huge failure. And it's a great lesson that even after years of success, you're going to have a flop. Well, they had to abandon it. In about Actually, they did it with the original model for like two years. Yeah, three years it ran, and then yeah, they just let and it go. Then they just, yeah. yeah they, they cut bait. Yeah. That's One of the positive things in life is that you have to abandon what doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. But so. then, of course, another great lesson of the Henry Ford story is that even after a laughingstock failure, what happens about three or four years later after the Etzel is that they introduced the Ford Mustang, which was another car that literally changed the world. It was kind of the Model T of its time. And there was probably no more successful car today other than maybe the VW Beetle than the Mustang. It changed the culture. It changed cars. It changed racing. It led Ford to be the only American manufacturer to beat Ferrari at Le Mans through Ford's association with Carroll Shelby, who had a big part in the Ford Mustang. So even after success and then you fail, you can be successful again. And that's the story of the Mustang. Yeah, and the Mustang is a very interesting car because I read, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but I wouldn't doubt it, that there's more movies that have a Mustang as one of the important themes within the movie than any other car, which is kind of interesting. And obviously Bullet, which is the most famous one, one of my favorite movies, is it's considered the best chase scene in any movie. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend it because just for the chase scene is phenomenal. It's a good movie to begin with, Steve McQueen, but the car is a phenomenal car. And there was a French movie made with a Mustang that's one of my favorite movies. It's called A Man and a Woman. It's a love story about a guy that is a race car driver, but his personal car is a Mustang. And it's also just a beautiful movie. And, you know, not only has the Mustang been long-lasting, but it brought, like you mentioned, a low-cost Fun car. Fun car, yeah. For very little money. At the time when it came out in 64, you could buy a Mustang for $2,200. Which was very reasonable. At oh, yeah, yeah. Every kid in high school when they graduated in the 50s and, and early 60s could buy that car. Could buy that car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Now, speaking of the Bullet movie, that Mustang just sold, the original one just sold for $4 million, which was... <laughs> 
I think ridiculous. There's no Mustang in the world worth $4 million to me, but it's that iconic movie or uh, iconic car from Bullet. So, you know, in essence, I think what we've been trying to say today is that achievement and success is not a linear process. There's a lot of bumps along the road, particularly if you're driving a Model T back in those days, there's a lot of bumps along the road. But I think the life of Henry Ford really is a great illustration of perseverance and patience and just keep plugging away. Once you've had great success, it doesn't mean you cannot have failure and you have to adapt and change with the times and the world and you can have success again and then you might fail again and have success. It's really just a long journey. There's not one straight line of success forever. You just have to keep working at it. Exactly. And we all have to, again, going back to the theme of this, think. You know, people do not think. Program yourself to be positive. When you get up in the morning, thank whoever you want to thank for this gift we have. That's why it's called the present. And be happy and listen to good music. Listen to inspiring songs, you know, and it works. Believe me that it works. It makes you feel good. And you can start the day being happy, and being happy produces good results. That is for sure. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we have many more to come. Norb, as always, a great pleasure to be with you. And, Same here. Uh, thank you. And for Norb Savanasini, this is Al Edwards signing off until next time. And as Norb always says, every day is a gift, and that's why they call it the present. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.